Hello, welcome to Things That Go Bump in the Night. This is JC Bratton from San Jose, California. Uh, this is season three, episode three. Today's topic is going to be terminal lucidity, which is an interesting phenomenon in which people who have severe brain damage are able to uh, speak with very much, very much with clarity uh, just moments before they end up passing away. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but first, some updates. Uh, I now have over 3,000 followers on Twitter. Yay! I've, I've been working on that for a while. So uh, thank you very much for everyone who follows me on Twitter. Um, also, with regards to the pod dramas uh, that are happening for um, uh, Things That Go Bump in the Night, the, the three uh, main short stories of Who's at the Door, Parasomnia, and Dollhouse, um, they're being uh, recorded. And uh, so hopefully um, they'll be ready for release um, before Halloween. Um, I'll, I'll keep you guys up to date about that. And also um, I do plan to um, have all the books ready for a free download um, for a week uh, during that week of Halloween um, on Amazon. So it's going to be a lot of fun, lots of activity coming up um, in October. But also um, in my personal life, I um, recently switched jobs. I was at the same company for 14 years. And so now I joined a new company. So it's an interesting transition uh, going for, from a company where I pretty much knew everything, you know, everybody would come to me about things because I've been there for so long. And then now going to a new company where I'm asking all the questions, wondering how we do this, how we do that. So um, it's going to be, it's going to uh, take a little bit of time to get used to uh, the new company, but it's it's a lot of fun. There's some people there who I used to work with, so um, I think it's going to be um, a good transition for me. But but it's taking a little bit of my time, so that's why I haven't done any writing yet, and I've been a little bit behind here on this podcast and so forth. So, but don't worry, um, things will probably settle down soon because you know after a while I'll get used to things. And towards the end of the year, I, I hope to do a lot more activity. But um, in the meantime. Um, we will get into the topic of terminal lucidity. So I will be back shortly. Hello. So today I'm going to be talking about a topic called terminal lucidity. So it's another piece of this whole mind-brain problem where we're trying to determine does the brain create the mind or the mind slash consciousness, is that something that's independent of the brain, independent of the physical body and can, can continue beyond death. So um, this article um, appearing in Mel Magazine under culture and health section, it was uh, posted a couple years ago by a person named Zaren Burnett III. Um, I, I, don't, I don't read this online magazine, so I don't know what they normally talk about, but um, this particular article was really fascinating and it really explains in detail about this topic of terminal lucidity. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and read the article. I may summarize some things here and there because because it is kind of long and I might interject a little bit with some of my comments, but I want you to uh, be able to hear this out because I think this is um, a really good summary and in, even with a case study in that really explains what, what this phenomenon is about. So the article is called Terminal Lucidity, the researchers attempting to prove your mind lives on even after you die. 
One of the strangest stories of death you'll ever hear is the tale of Anna Katrina Emmer, a wildly deranged, developmentally delayed German woman who was raised in a mental institution. Anna was locked in a permanent mute state, her brain ravaged by meningitis. Yet at the moment of her passing, this presumably deaf woman somehow transformed into a songbird. She serenaded death. Before that moment, Anna had never once spoken in her entire life. The doctors and hospital staff who witnessed Anna's uh, concierta for death were rendered speechless themselves. Some sobbed in bewilderment. Others felt that they witnessed a miracle of the soul. In particular, here's how one of her doctors recalled the moment. One day, I was called by one of our physicians, who is respected both as a scientist and a psychiatrist. He said, come immediately to Kathy, she's dying. When we entered the room together, we did not believe our eyes and ears. Kathy, who had never spoken a single word, being entirely mentally disabled from birth on, sang, sang dying songs to herself. Specifically, she would, she would sing over and over again, where does the soul find its home, its peace, 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 heavenly peace. For half an hour, she sang. Her face up to then was just suitified and she was transfigured and spiritualized. She then quietly passed away. Like myself and the nurse who had care for her, the physician had tears in his eyes. We witnessed the dying of this girl with deepest emotions. Her death posed many questions to us. Obviously, Kathy had only superficially participated in all that happened in her surroundings. In reality, she had apparently internalized much of it because where did she know the text and the melody of this song from? if not from her surroundings. Moreover, she had comprehended the contents of this song and used it appropriately in the most critical hour of her life. This appeared like a miracle to us. It wasn't until 2008, some 75 years later, that modern science finally invented a term for what happened to Anna, terminal lucidity. German biologist Michael Nam coined the term. Thanks to a recent appointment to the Institute for Frontier Areas of Psychology and Mental Health, he studies the phenomenon of the startling spontaneous exhibitions of impossible physical and mental feats at the hour of one's death. And for years, he hosted a website where he offers select writings and journal papers from his research. In essence, terminal lucidity is a mysterious flash of life and vitality that occurs in people just before they die. It's most, remarkable in, it's most remarkable in people who have dementia, Alzheimer's, meningitis, brain damage, strokes, or were in a coma. There's no known medical explanation for where this sudden surge of vitality and functionality comes from, in large part because as suddenly as it comes within a few hours or even a day or two, it fades and the person dies, taking any answers with them. Nam often explains uh, works within the challenge with with the challenging theory that our brain body connection isn't what produces experiences of consciousness, not exclusively. Nam thinks that there are preliminary signs our minds somehow transcend our bodies, brains, and even the physical realm altogether. And this is a quote from him: "When you see terminal lucidity in the context of all 
the other end of life experiences or near death phenomenon, they all seem to point to the fact that human consciousness is not tied to a one to one relation with the with with brain physiology. I find this very, very interesting. This can tell us many important things about the nature of our consciousness. I think if you take everything into account, it looks very much like a transition, he continues. The question is, can it be biochemically explained? I do have many doubts that it can be explained biochemically. So yes, I definitely think of death as a transition, no matter how you regard it. I wouldn't expect if I die to spend my time permanently in absolute clarity and bliss. Even if the afterlife continues, it certainly also will have different stages or maybe developments, also stages of more blurred consciousness. The afterlife, if it exists, will be very complex and very difficult to understand. The question is, what is the soul if it exists? Does it persist as an individual? Is it able to dissolve into a great whatever? Can it rejoin the great consciousness that exists in the background of, of really all of existence? Can it pop up again and then reincarnate? Even if terminal lucidity fails to reveal evidence of souls separating at the moment of death, studying the phenomenon may still provide us with a more accurate understanding of how our body-brain-mind connection works. We still don't know how our sensation of mind emerges from the mass of neural cells we call the brain. In fact, although many legitimate scientists are working to understand consciousness, it still eludes us. Perhaps terminal lucidity often offers, um, offers cl uh, clues to locating where and how a mind manifests from nerve activity. Does it mean that terminal lucidity researchers like NAM are able to garner support among expert brain scientists, notably physicians and other interested biologists? And so here's a quote again from, uh, from NAM. For myself, I never experienced any problems regarding other duties or, or my career. Regarding terminal lucidity and my occupation with the field, it's very much a question of how you formulate the measures. So even though here and there I said, yes, well, perhaps the mind is operating independently of the brain, in my publications, I have, first of all, tried to raise the interest of the mainstream researchers into studying the phenomenon because I still think whatever we need first is more research on that. So far, mainly we have anecdotes. Nam is also encouraged by the fact that he's already um, has attracted an ally. There's one professor from the University of Virginia. He started a very large study on terminal lucidity. He wants to send out thousands of questionnaires to nurses and physicians, and he already sent out 900, specifically here in Central Europe. I'm in contact with him, Nam adds. He said he has very interesting cases and interesting um, descriptive statistics. They make it possible to harden the fact that yes, terminal lucidity does happen. It happens today. It does happen most often close to death. This is what his data tells us. So he wants to expand on that and gather more data to collect data from different countries. Um, so um, that's really interesting, right? So there's a lot of um, uh, studies being done, uh, collected, particularly at the University of Virginia, because that's where, for example, Dr. Bruce Grayson uh, is located, where he does a lot of his research, and then also um, uh, Jim Tucker, who does research on um, uh, the whole 
idea of children who have past life memories. So there's a lot of a lot of um, really interesting studies going on there, and as well as, of course, Michael Nam's um, uh, studies there in Germany. And so I think what happens is, is that uh, this is only scratching the surface of what we can learn more about the whole mind-brain problem and uh, the idea that, you know, there is you know, um, an interesting uh, phenomenon happening. And whether it be that it's showing that the brain uh, and mind slash consciousness are independent, you know, something continues beyond death. Regardless, though, just the whole idea of knowing that, you know, there's a chance that we might be able to connect with our loved ones right before they die, particularly people who are in these kinds of situations of Alzheimer's, meningitis, of, you know, severe brain dysfunction, or also just knowing that our loved ones are going to reach a, a level of some sort of peace before they pass on and wherever, wherever pass, whatever passing on means. But at least we know that death is generally, and, and even Sam Parney has mentioned this as well, um, a, a cardiac arrest researcher says that, you know, we're seeing that death is a peaceful transition and it's something that we probably shouldn't be afraid of it's something that just happens naturally you know we're going to die eventually anyway but knowing that there is a peaceful transition into whatever goes on next and and a lot of evidence is pointing that you know something does continue onward um, and i think that that in itself is really uh, strong evidence to you know provide us maybe the hope that we need knowing that, you know, uh, even though, yeah, we've got this lifetime here, there may be something else beyond that. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Remember, feel free to go ahead and connect with me on Twitter um, at BrattonJC or on Instagram at BrattonJC. Um, if you have read my stories, please, please, please uh, give me some feedback, whether it be through Goodreads or through Amazon. Um, I, I read all the feedback and it really helps me in terms of uh, the development for my next set of stories. So again, uh, thank you very much for all your support and I will talk to you all soon. Mm-hmm.